From coast to coast. The Stephen A. Smith Show starts right now. It's the Stephen A. Smith Show New York version. Bob with Susan on 98.7 ESPN for the next couple of hours at 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN. Stephen A.'s got the day off. i am got the... Uh, the really enjoyable ability to host this show right here in New York because I get to talk about New York sports. It's totally different hosting the show on the local station as opposed to the network. The network, you're thinking, what am I going to say about James Harden of the Cowboys? On the local station, we get to talk about New York sports and what's going on right here, although there is a story that is dominating the national headlines that I'm going to kick it off with, but we'll get to some Jets and Giants coming up a little bit later on. Certainly some Yankees and Mets. There's plenty of hot stove to talk about, and we'll get your telephone calls in at 800. 919-3776-800-919 ESPN Bob Wischusen in for Stephen A. We're going to kick it off with Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I know the guys just spent a decent amount of time talking about the Astros scandal and this is going to be something that sounds like it's going to dominate the entire offseason because to hear Rob Manfred talk about the investigation they're going to do of the Astros, he wants to get this done by opening day, but it doesn't sound like he feels any pressure to get this done before free agent Agency becomes the big off-season story before we get to pitchers and catchers. This could drag all the way through spring training. This could be something that really obscures all the fun stuff we normally get to talk about with baseball. The Yankees going to get Garrett Cole. You know, where the big off-season player movement is going to be normally. That's what we spent our, our winters talking about in baseball. Now you get the last thing that Rob Manfred or MLB wants you to be talking about all winter, but you can't get away from it because this is a monster topic and it deserves all of our attention. And I've got some thoughts on it. I want your thoughts as well at 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. I want to know if baseball is going to do what the NFL didn't. Like, I guess the way I'm looking at this is, let's just jump to the finish line. Let's say that at the end of the investigation, the Astros are guilty of everything that we think they're going to be found guilty of and more. Right? Like, it looks like the evidence is pretty overwhelming. It's hard to imagine that at some point we're going to get a report in March that says we spent the last three months looking at this. It was all a big misunderstanding. Guys just occasionally bumped into a garbage can. No. I mean, obviously, I think we all realize what the end game is here. They did this. So let's jump to the finish line and let's assume that they had a systemic method of cheating and they won a couple of World Series doing it, which really is the nightmare scenario for MLB. It looks like that's where we're headed. So let's just get to there. All right. If we use that as the jumping off point, I want to know if baseball is going to be willing to do what the NFL wasn't willing to do with the Patriots. Because, like, I think that's the most fascinating part of this. What will the penalties be? How severe will they be? Will they actually get to the point where they're willing to push the button the NFL wasn't willing to push? To go to a place the NFL wasn't willing to go? Because is there anybody in the world that thinks that the Patriots, while maybe embarrassed by the fact that everyone found out about Spygate, really thought it was a body blow to get fined and lose one first-round draft choice? Not only was it not a body blow, it wasn't enough to deter them from doing something again. 
Because a few years later, they cheated again and got fined again and got hit with a first-round draft choice again. And six Super Bowl championships later, does anybody really think they care? You think the Patriots are worried about tossing back a couple of fines and first-round draft choices for that hallway full of Lombardi trophies they've got up at Foxborough? So while we all will look with a little side-eye at everything the Patriots have accomplished, in spite of the fact that they were found to have a systemic method of cheating back in the mid-2000s, they overcame all of that. Right? I mean, basically, the NFL slapped them on the wrist, destroyed the evidence, and it all kind of went away like it never really happened. I mean, in the grand scheme of how we will tell the Patriots story, how we will look back on the New England accomplishments, is it anything more than a footnote? Is it anything more than a little italicized line? They won all these championships. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback ever. Bill Belichick, greatest coach ever. Arguably the greatest dynasty ever in the history of sports. With what we look at in terms of, you know, salary cap and free agency and the draft and all these different ways you're supposed to balance the power in the NFL. Look at what the Patriots have done. And oh, by the way, they had this little cheating thing back in the mid 2000s and so on. Because of how the NFL dealt with it. The NFL themselves sent the message that they didn't think that was this was that big of a deal. Or was it a huge deal and they just didn't want us to talk about it? So they destroyed the evidence. They whacked them a first-round draft choice. They fined Bill Belichick and the team a total of $750,000 for an organization that right now is probably worth between 5 and $6 billion And whatever, it kind of went away. But I guess my question would be, from a baseball standpoint, A, is baseball going to be willing to go to the place that the, the NFL wasn't so that they get this out of their game and punish Houston so significantly that you know you will never have to worry about anybody ever doing this again? Because the Patriots, the team that was punished, they did it again, albeit a much, you know, lesser version of what they did the first time around. They cheated again and got caught again and got punished again. So what is baseball going to be willing to do? And then, in baseball's own universe, if I were Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, or if I were the family of Shoeless Joe Jackson, if I were Pete Rose, wouldn't I be looking at how baseball deals with this? How much they hang the Astros out to dry, like after everything came out, steroids, gambling with Pete Rose, etc., etc. They had no problem hanging those individuals out to dry. And if I were a lawyer for those guys, and I had a seat at the table, I had a voice in the room, my question would be, what's the difference? What's the difference between what the Astros have done and what Pete Rose did? in terms of potentially impacting the outcome of games. What's the difference between all of the guys that were roided out of their minds and what the Astros did in terms of potentially impacting the outcome of games? What's the difference? The baseball legacies of all of those guys that were on steroids are ruined forever. It seems like they're never going to get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe history will soften as the years go by, but it's right now it doesn't seem like any of them are getting in the Hall of Fame. And a lot of them were blackballed out of the sport. You, know, you had Bonds and McGuire latch on as like hitting coaches, but 
the way that the fans treated them, the way the media treated them, and even the way that their own sport treated them to a certain extent, they became pariahs. People threw syringes at Barry Bonds on the field. Right? Why is that worse than this? Why is what those players did with steroids worse than an entire organization from top to bottom? Everybody being baked in on this system of cheating. I'm wondering, and I'm wondering how baseball will deal with it. I'm fascinated to see what the penalties will be and how much how much severity Rob Manfred has to come down with in order to send the message that you better not go anywhere near doing this again or, you know, it's it's basically baseball's version of the death penalty. Like Pete Rose never got back in. Pete Rose was banned from baseball. Should A.J. Hinch be banned from baseball? Should Lunau be banned from baseball? Should these players be looking at year and two-year suspensions? Do you actually strip a team of a World Series title? Do you send such an over-the-top message that now you are forced, if you're any future organization even thinking about doing this, to all look at each other and say, we are not going near. That's the third rail. Because to me, you equate it with Pete Rose potentially gambling on and fixing how he managed games so that the outcome was maybe not on the up and up. All the guys that took steroids, and I know the argument, ah, everybody else is taking steroids. That's not the way we treated those guys. The guys we know tested positive, the guys we know set records based on the fact that they took performance-enhancing drugs, those guys are pariahs. They will always be remembered for that. Will baseball send the message that the Astros will always be remembered now for this? And I'll be fascinated to see what they decide to do. 800-919-3776. Got some open lines at 800-919-ESPN. Bob Wachusen in for Stephen A. That's the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Everything for less, only at Walmart. And I think those guys have a case. Here's Here's a question I would want to ask a starting pitcher. Would you rather as a starting pitcher... Stand on the mound and face the most steroid-ridden player in the world. A guy that could hit the ball 600 feet off of you because he has horse steroids running through his veins, but he doesn't know what pitch is coming. Or a guy that has never taken a performance-enhancing drug in his life, but he knows you're about to throw him a two-seam fastball. Or here comes the changeup. Right? Where's the bigger advantage? If you're a pitcher, who would you rather throw to? Would you rather pitch to a guy who you know has performance-enhancing drugs coursing through his veins or a guy that could not be cleaner in terms of performance-enhancing drugs? But he knows what's coming. He knows what you're about to throw. I would think every day and twice on Sunday, if I was a pitcher, I'd want to throw to the roided-out slugger that doesn't know what I'm going to throw, rather than a major league hitter that knows what's coming. And what's the difference? What's the difference between using performance-enhancing drugs? I would make the argument it's worse to have an entire organization wrapped up in a systemic cheating scandal that it certainly appears here as if, I mean, how could all of these guys not be in the loop? Right? It, it seems like they've got them as red-handed as could be. 
And this is the last thing that a commissioner in any sport wants to deal with. And I think we've got some Rob Manfred sound that we can play at the owners' meetings, I guess, talking a little bit about what is now out in front of him. Let's hear what the commissioner had to say and how he's approaching this whole situation. Any um, allegation that relates to a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter. Um, It relates to the integrity of the sport. In terms of where we are, we have a very active, um, what is going to be a really, really thorough investigation um, ongoing. But um, beyond that, I can't tell you how close we are to done. All right, that's words. I mean, he's, it doesn't sound like they're going to do anything here to rush this. It's just words until you actually get a penalty. What will that penalty be? I will be, I think, like everybody else that loves this sport, but also wants to believe at its core that everything that we watch in sports is real, that nothing is fixed. And there have been examples of teams potentially fixing the outcome. And there have been examples of leagues that have not done enough at least in my opinion, certainly not in the repeat actions of even the teams that have been punished. They have not done enough to make sure it doesn't happen again. What will the penalties be? 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN. Bob Wischusen in for Stephen A. here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get some calls in now before we break in a few. Coming up a little bit later on. We'll do a little bit of Knicks, do a little bit of Yankees and Mets hot stove. We'll get to some Giants and Jets as well as the Giants off of their bye week are going to try to break their losing streak. The Jets are on a two-game win streak. And how much do fans believe that the win streak they've got right now is them improving? And how much do fans believe it's just who they've played these last couple of games in the Giants and Redskins? We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on. But let's go to Todd. West Islip joins us first here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Todd? Hey, what's going on, Bob, man? Big fan, big fan. Thanks. Hey, just wanted to point out, you know, the only way to really punish the Astros and to make it really count is they bat, their batting average between splits and home and away is about 20 points difference home versus the road. So being that they don't obviously don't hit as well on the road, it would lead to believe that they are they, that this is just obviously a significant advantage for them and why they have been winning and have, have been as good as they have been. Obviously, you have to still hit the ball. But knowing you're getting a fastball up and away or knowing you knowing where the catch is lining up, things like that, you can sit on that pitch and you can actually adjust. So my point is is I think that they should take about 30 home games away from the Astros. Maybe how they spit it out is, you know, certain games, maybe they split four games, you know, away at the Yankees instead of three, take a game away. And therefore – the Yankees only go to Houston for two. Is that enough? Nothing along those lines. No suspensions. No. No. The manager keeps managing. The players keep playing. The general manager keeps his job. Nobody gets suspended. No, I absolutely think AJ Hinch needs to be suspended, and I think anybody who is associated from that front office needs to be suspended because this is just as bad as Pete Rose. You mentioned that earlier. You can't. You're basically. You're cheating the game. You're cheating the integrity of the game. And I think really where baseball has to really lay its foundation right now is to say, you know, we're an admirable game. We're, we're, we're America's pastime. You have to be cognizant that when you play this game, this is a privilege and an honor. And they took advantage of that. And I've always wondered that because you look at some of their hitters on the Astros and the way these guys actually are able to adjust. You know, Altuve with fastballs that are as tall as him hitting out over right field. I mean, just the way they're able to adjust. When you know it's coming, I played baseball for 18 years. 
I know that if I knew when I was getting an off-speed pitch, you could sit back on that ball, you know, where you're not going out, you're not swinging out in front of it, things along those lines. Having this advantage, I think that they should absolutely, A.J. Hinch should be suspended for a year. Any players associated with it, maybe suspend them for 10 games. I don't know. Oh, I think more than that. I mean, if you're you're a player that was, I mean, how would they not be aware? They have to be aware. You have to know what the banging on the garbage can or the buzzing on your wrist means. You have to know where that's coming from. So, to me, any player on that team is going to be as guilty as the manager because they're all roped into it. You need more than the 10-game suspension. Pete Rose got kicked out of baseball for life. Never got back in. If you wanted to really send a message, suspend someone indefinitely. Kick them out of the game. Could you imagine the shockwaves that that would send through baseball if it was found out that A.J. Hinch not only was suspended for a year, how about was never allowed to manage again? Let's go to Jordan, driving around. Joins us next year on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Hey, Jordan. Hey, Bob. Huge fan of you. I think you do a great job. Thanks. Um, I'm I'm a huge Yankee fan. Call me biased. It's fine. Um, I I am so – this is such a big deal to me and such a big deal to people that – worship the game um i really feel as though that justification to take away their title from 2017 this team has never won a championship this is their only championship if the yankees if the yankees made it to the world series and beat the dodgers that year does joe girardi get fired we don't we don't know so people lost jobs things changed because of this and this is such a major deal to me now granted i'm a yankee fan i told you and i feel like yeah we did get robbed of at least a trip to the world series maybe so let's call a spade a, let's call a spade a spade yep. if we you know if we made it to the world series who's to say we don't beat the dodgers and now we have 28 championships girardi might be still the manager i love boone fine but this is such a serious thing on so many levels and i don't like that people are belittling it saying well nothing's going to happen Something has to happen, and if you vacate that title for their, and that's their only championship, they're not going to be able to say, "Well, you have the world champion Houston Astros." In a sense, keep the rings. I don't care, but that's off their resume. That's 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 off of the legacy of that franchise, and that will make a big deal. Like USC got vacated their championship, even though Michael K would say, "Oh, well, you know who won." And I don't agree with the caller previously because you can't change the standings in the middle of the season. But going back to it, and granted, okay, you're going to you're going to um. You know, suspend AJ Hinch for a year or Altuve for a year. This this happened in 2017. We're talking about they won the championship in 2017. You got to take that title away from them and all the glitz and glamour that comes with a championship winning team. Look at look at the Texas Rangers. Look at the Cleveland Indians. They haven't won a championship in God knows how long. They would kill for a, a taste of a World Series. And the Astros cheated. They have to pay the price for that. That's that's my opinion. On you have to vacate that title from them and take it away. Leave the, you know, I don't know about the trophy in a sense. Keep the guys and keep the rings, but that's off their legacy. That's got to be away from the franchise. That's the price to pay. Yeah, I would have no problem with that. I mean, if you're found out to have a systemic method of cheating all the way through your two championships, you, you absolutely should lose them. I'd be a hundred percent beyond uh, behind that. A and B, you know, think about the steroid guys as well. The steroid guys got hauled in front of Congress. Right? Like, like the steroid guys were sworn in and were forced to testify in front of Congress. What happened with Spygate with the Patriots? A fine and a draft choice. You're going to tell me an entire defense in the NFL knowing what's coming 
And that's you don't do what the Patriots did unless you want to prepare yourself to steal everything the other team's doing so you know what's coming. You're going to tell me an entire defense for a Super Bowl winning team knowing what's coming is a lesser advantage than a guy taking steroids in baseball? The steroid guys in baseball got hauled in front of Congress. They were shamed, ostracized, humiliated. They've basically had their legacies ruined forever. Patriots lost the draft choice, got fined some money. Did the NFL fumble the ball with that one? Literally? What will baseball do to make sure that doesn't happen here? To make sure that they step up and send the message loud and clear that not only do we not stand for this, but we know because of what we are about to do here, no one is ever going to do this again. We are going to turn this from an organizational standpoint into steroids for a player. This will now become the third rail. This will now become the thing you don't do. 98.7 ESPN. Bob Wachusen, uh, 98.7 ESPN here in New York. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN. Get some football in a sec, but got a few folks that want to talk baseball right now with the Astros scandal. And Let's go to Sean in Freehold, New Jersey. He joins us next year on ESPN Radio on 98.7. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's going on, Bob? Thanks for taking the call. You got it. All right, so my whole thing with this uh, whole scandal going on is uh, baseball already has enough on this plate, and you mentioned it earlier. No commissioner in any sport really wants this on the plate, but baseball alone is not in the position to you know, be in this situation. So I think that's going to affect uh, how they handle this. Um, what's your take on that? I don't know what you mean. Like, why? why would the punishment... You think they're going to light on the Astros because right now they're not the they're not as popular as the NFL? Correct, correct. I mean the the number one fear that every one of these sports has, the number one thing they believe is the foundation of all their popularity is that we believe that the events are on the up and up. So if you think the fix is in, why watch? You want to see a ratings problem? Find out that you're allowed to cheat. That I'm watching a game and basically the outcome is determined, then I'm watching wrestling. I'm not watching real sports. So, that, I mean, to me, because you think they've got a popularity issue, I think we'll take them even more so along the road of we have to give this team the death penalty. Right, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan, and, you know, that 2017 season should have been the Yankees looking back at it. I think they, you know, they deserve the hammer getting tossed at them, but I just don't see them doing so. Also, uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to Jake in Ramapo. Joins us next here on uh, 9870 SPN. What's up, Jake? Hey, Bob. How's it going? You got it. What's up? Um, yeah. Just first, let me just start off by saying I am a huge Yankees fan. I live and die with every game. But I just want to make the one point for all those Yankee fans who think that if there were not have been this cheating scandal, the the Yankees could have beaten the Astros. Let's not forget that the Yankees, for some reason, they couldn't score really any runs in games six and seven in Houston. And it's not just that the Astros like score so many runs. Also, let's not forget the Yankees didn't score. Okay. I'm not sure what and one has to do with the other because the Yankees' bats were quiet. It's okay that the other yeah. team cheated? No, what I'm saying is that for those Yankee fans who think that if not for the Astros cheating, the Yankees might have won. I'm saying, 
let's not forget then that the Yankees didn't score. So even if the Astros wouldn't have wouldn't have done the sign stealing, that the Yankees still might not have won because they but, didn't score. And but maybe the Yankees maybe the Yankees would have won two one. Well, instead of getting seven beat seven to two in some games, maybe they would have won a low scoring game. Like one has nothing to do with the other because the Yankees didn't hit doesn't now make it okay that the Astros cheated. Well, that's... I'm not saying that's okay. Okay, but all I'm saying is that they might they might not have won. Okay, I don't know what the point is, but okay, you're right. They may not have won if the Astros had played the Yankees straight up and both teams honestly went after each other. On the up and up, you're right. The Astros might still have won. I make the same argument with the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick is almost kind of the Barry Bonds of coaching in that I think he was going to the Hall of Fame as one of the top coaches of all time if he never cheated. Barry Bonds was arguably the best player in baseball. He was like Ken Griffey Jr. good before he took a drug. I don't even think he needed to. So the Astros right. might have been good enough with the pitching they've got and the all-star talent they've got. Yeah, they might have been good enough to win championships without cheating. But they cheated. That's what it looks like. So again, like these are arguments to me that have nothing to do with ultimately what the commissioner is going to have to do. And that is, you have to drop the anvil on these guys so this never happens again. Let's go to Tom in Garden City. He joins us next year on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Tom. Hey, Bob. Big fan, brother. Thanks. Yeah, man. Listen, um, a little off topic from what you're talking about, but I got to say, I hope the upper ups are listening to what you're saying because I am all in with your monologue 100%. So I just want to switch gears for one quick second. Sure. I'm kind of suffering Jet fan, and I, I've never had a chance to talk to you about my Jets, and I love what you do with the Jets and your, anal- uh, your analyst uh, you know, take on the Jets all the time. I love listening to you. If I hear you're on the air, man, and I flip channels, I, I tune in and I listen. I'm that big of a fan. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man, totally. So check this out. You know, a couple weeks back, we see Adam Gaze sitting on a, a bench in Miami. They showed it on television when Miami kicked our ass. Excuse me. And, um, and then there's, there's Gaze sitting on a bench with no one on the bench with him. He's completely alone, and the team is on the field. And, of course, it's not the offense, it's the defense. But to me, that's still an indictment to him because he's the head coach. He should be sitting there, standing on the sideline, watching his team, coaching his team, inspiring his team, inspiring his coaches, and so on and so forth. Having said that, two games later, we win two games pretty impressively with a lot of points, 44 Giants and 34 uh, last week. And now I hear things, oh, we got to let the system work. We got to keep gaze. And now I'm thinking to myself, my God, here we are, Rex Ryan, the third longest tenured coach in the history of the New York Jets, and two AFC championship games. And could you imagine after seven years if Woody Johnson said, you know what, I'm giving this coach the benefit of the doubt. He didn't have the players. We're going to stick with him and keep the consistency because we went to two of two AFC championship games. So I want to ask you, do you think that if we kept Rex and that was the case, then we would have actually we would have actually been able to do better than we are now? I don't know. I mean that's two coaches ago. You gotta go all the way back to Todd Bowles, you know, pre Todd Bowles. That that's an impossible hypothetical to run through. I guess what I would say is if you think pulling the rug out 
on Adam Gase now is the right thing to do, then you are, I think, the the ultimate kind of New York, what have you done for me yesterday, hot take guy that no organization could possibly listen to and actually make a decision based on that. Adam Gase has had Sam Darnold healthy for six games this year. Right? You're ten games into the season. The first game he played with Mono. So I'm throwing that one out. He talked about the fact that he was up all night before that game. And you saw he was worn out in the second half of that game. So he played with Mono and then missed the next three. So Adam Gase and Sam Darnold have been with a healthy Sam Darnold together for six games, and the Jets are 3-3. Three and three. That's what they are. Those are the facts. That's just, you know, that, that that's empirical evidence. That's not me speculating about what I think Adam Gase could be three or four years from now. That's not me hyping up Sam Darnold, what I think he can be as a future franchise quarterback. They're three and three. That's what they are. You're going to fire a coach that's 500 with his starting quarterback? There are some jumping off points with the Jets that I think people blew when they first looked at what this team could be this year. And I think it's really colored the way that the team has been covered, the way the fans have reacted, and the way that a lot of like the talk show lunatic fringe has dealt with what ought to be a much wider angle lens of looking at a coach and a general manager that have yet to go through one offseason together and actually deal with the problems this team's got. I detailed it a few weeks ago, but no one really appreciated how thin this roster was other than those that really took an honest look at it and talked about if they got injuries, where they would be at. I said this back over the summer, July and August. I did shows on this radio station. Pull the tapes. I wouldn't say anything now I didn't say then. I said this then. The Jets' top line of their depth chart, if you look at every single guy that they probably had listed as a starter back in August, if all of those guys stayed remarkably healthy the entire season, what could they be? They could maybe scare 10 wins. I mean, they could maybe be talented enough to be a team looking at their schedule that might give you a fun season and maybe sneak in the back door as the last wild card team. Who knows? But they would have to stay remarkably healthy. What's happened? They've put 14 guys on injured reserve, and they lost their quarterback for a month with mono. And it is routine for them to have 20 to 25 guys on their injury report. Now, what's the effect of that? Look at the roster. Look at what you've seen. And the two guys that are here now, the coach and the general manager, had nothing to do with any of that. They didn't put together this roster. Six years of drafts before they arrived produced, what, 48 or 49 players, 41 of which are gone. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. The first round pick, all of those seasons, gone, off the team. I know that a Jet fan listens to analysis of their team and hears the word rebuild. And that's like trying to give asparagus to like a five-year-old, right? That's the last thing you want to hear. I get it. You don't want to hear it. But just because John Idzik tried to rebuild the roster and failed, and just because Mike McCagnan tried to rebuild the roster and failed, by definition of their failures, it means they still have to rebuild the roster. Now, 
That doesn't change the reality of it. You don't want to hear it. I certainly understand why you don't want to hear it. But it doesn't change the reality of the guys that are in those jobs now, what they have to do. And that's what they have to do. They have to rebuild the roster. And it's not a quick fix. I mean, looking at how thin they are right now, I will probably say the same thing next year. I said this year. We'll see where they go on the draft. We'll see what free agents they bring in next year. But having said that, I bet next year you're looking at a top line of the depth chart that's more talented than they are this year with a chance to maybe have some fun next year if they stay remarkably healthy. But if they suffer any major injuries, it's going to take a while to beef up this entire roster. One draft class and one offseason in free agency isn't going to do it. 98.7 ESPN. I'm wondering from a Yankee standpoint if we're going to be looking a couple of months from now back on this offseason and saying, are the Yankees kind of the definition of insanity? Are they going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? For the last two years been talking about the fact that they need better starting pitching. They need dominant starting pitching. They need what we always used to see out of the top of the Yankee rotation, and we haven't seen for whatever reason, whether it's guys that were less effective than we thought, guys more fragile than we thought, like Severino this past year, or they've just tried to do it on the cheap. Rather than making the investment or trading some of these big tradable commodities they've had to go after the legit star top of the rotation pitcher or ponying up the kind of money that other teams have ponied up or the resources that other teams have ponied up for the Verlanders, the Garrett Coles, the Corbins, what have you, they've gone, you know, the the J-Hap Lance Lynn route. They've gone for the secondary guy and thought we can just lean on our bullpen and that's all we need. If our starters just get to the fifth inning, we're fine. Look at our bullpen. Well, that automatically assumes bullpen health, and they haven't had that, but Tansa's perfect example. And you have your own relievers now coming out saying, that's tough. You know, at some point, your bullpen's going to get tired. At some point, you're, it's going to show up that... You keep going to the bullpen over and over and over again, maximum innings day after day. Now, they did a really good job this past year, as best they could, of managing that. The only team in baseball that didn't go to a reliever more than two days in a row at any point until you got to the postseason. But in the postseason, some of those guys look tired. They did. They look tired. So are you going to be the Yankees again? Because what we always grew up thinking of, and this obviously in the era of George, thought of the Yankees, the Yankees go get Garrett Cole. They write a blank check. And they say, whatever it takes, get that guy. Finally make it happen. And if not him, then Strasburg. Right? Like, get one of those crown jewel, top of the rotation guys. Because the health or lack thereof at times with Severino... We don't know with Domingo Harmon what the suspension's going to be or if we saw what this past year was even when he comes back from suspension, if that was real. Is that long-term? Is that, I mean, did he just have an amazing year? Are you going to rest your hopes once again on a guy that's not nearly as proven as some of the guys that now you can go after that are available, that were big reasons why their teams got to the World Series? Fascinated to see if the Yankees do actually pony up 
and get one of these types of guys that we have said for the past several years they've needed. Haven't got out and gotten, and to me it's been a big part of the reason why at the end of the year they're the team watching somebody else hoist the trophy. And for the Mets, I mean, it's, I guess, interesting to see Yolanda Cespedes taking batting practice, see him on the back page of the paper today with a bat in his hand and a Met uniform on or at least some warm-up gear. How, if you're the Mets... Could you ever make an off-season decision based on what you think one way or the other you're going to get out of this guy? If anything, it holds you hostage because if he tries to come back and play, you got to pay him. I mean, at least they were collecting some money off the insurance policy when he was out. But how could you ever make plans from here to February putting a team together, and count on anything from Ioannis Cespedes. Like, what do you do? How do you approach that? How do you put a team together? What they really need is a legit center fielder. And they probably need a legit third. If they had a third baseman as well, think about how they could spread the other guys around the field and through the lineup. But the money that you would have to pay Cespedes, having absolutely no idea what he would be if he were to come back, and would he come back? Will he come back? How do you, how do you build your offseason with that kind of a question mark? A 30-some-odd million-dollar question mark hanging over your head. Best-case scenario, he comes back and is motivated because he wants one more contract before his baseball career is done. Well, maybe you get the best of him. But I don't know how you plan for that. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN. Bob Shoes and in for Stephen A. We'll get back to the phones. Got some open lines. Give us a buzz. Any of those topics on the table. Certainly. And I've got some thoughts on the Colin Kaepernick deal coming up a little bit later on as well. But let's get to Shandell in Manhattan who joins us next year on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Shandell? Hey, Bob. How are you? You got it. What's up? Even though I'm a Giants fan, I love listening to you and Marty Lyons. I love your passion on how you call a Jet game. Thanks. We have a good time. It's a lot of fun. Yes. (laughs) Um, Basically, as far as the Yankees are concerned, like I was telling the screener, I don't think the Yankees really need to go out and get a, um, you know, a top-rate pitcher because, you know, those days are pretty much over. And as you see, as you saw this past season, and everyone probably will see from now on, the Steinbrenners, that that's old, you know, George, basically, and the Yankees. I don't think, you know, that they, they need to do all that. You know, those those days are pretty much well, over. Let me play I mean, let me play devil's advocate. Who are the two teams of the World Series this year? The Dodgers and the Astros. Well, no, the Nationals, but that's fine. But the, the, the Nationals, I'm sorry. Right, yeah, okay. Nationals and so, Nationals, yeah. so those are the two teams in the World Series. Of yeah. those, uh, with those two teams, what would you say is the definitive strength of both of those teams? The thing that you would point to, especially in playoff baseball, especially in a seven-game series or a five-game series, just to get to the seven-game series, what would you want to hang your hat on with both of those organizations more than anything else? I mean, that is true pitching. They're starting pitching, not just pitching. Yankees are pitching. Yankees have tons of pitching. Starting pitching. But But the big question is, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Bob, is would you be willing to give up a prospect for a free agent who may either be a rental and may decide to walk 
at the end of whatever, you know, the season or whatever, however it may fall. When does that ever happen with the Yankees? When do they get a <laughs> rental who walks? That That's true, but... Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, just God forbid. Oh, that's, that's fine. I'm saying if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates and you think you might have a chance to go to the World Series and you're going to mortgage yeah. your future for a rental, you know, I mean, there there are obviously mid to smaller market teams that have taken that approach. The Brewers tried it, but yeah. when does that ever apply to the Yankees? The <laughs> yeah, Yankees don't get rentals. The Yankees get guys and sign guys yeah. and keep their yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm, call me crazy, but I, I just think this, the, the new Yankees, the, the way it's being run now, they're not going to want to go after the big guy or whatever. They, they want to, you know, have homegrown players and do it that way. I, I have always been of the mindset that you want to grow the core of your team. I mean, that when the Yankees were, like the last couple of incarnations of the Yankees that have been legit, you know, like dynasty level teams. Yes, we call them the core four for a reason. It was really the core five with Bernie. You know, I always fold Bernie in with those other four guys. Um, but the core four was what they built around. There's no question. And you want the homegrown talent. You want the guys that you either have in your system from the start or that you acquire right at the beginning of their career and you nurture them and they come up and learn how you want them to play. And Herman is certainly that. Severino is certainly that. Aaron Judge is certainly that. If Andujar can come back, Glaber Torres, I look, I mean, the, where he was, how young he was when the Yankees got their hands on him, they traded for him. They didn't draft him, but to me, he's still their guy. You get him, put him, you put a guy in your system for a while and you bring him up in your culture. He's your guy. Gary Sanchez. And the list goes on and on. The Yankees have a ton of those kind of guys. But to me, that part of it they've accomplished. Like, they've got what they had in the late 90s and early 2000s. When they had Jeter, and they had Bernie, and they had Pettit, and they had Mariano, they had Posada. They had that group of players that you know they could build around that they procured, that they incubated and developed. They've got that now. They've got Gary Sanchez. They've got Aaron Judge. Right? They, they've got Severino. They've got Glaber. They've got that core of guys. Now you're at the point where once you put that core together, you turn around and say, all right, now what else do we need? That's when a good organization uses free agency. That's how they use free agency. Like that's the mistake a Jet fan made this past year. A Jet fan looked at the Jets having a hundred million dollars in cap space and sat there and said, Oh, well, yeah, we haven't drafted well, but we've got a hundred million dollars in cap space. This is perfect. We'll just go out and buy a team. We'll just go out with free agency and plug all these holes, and then we should be good. And then if we're not good, then we can kill the coach and want to fire the general manager. And it's fun. You have a hundred million dollars in cap space. It's fun to talk about throwing all that money around. And you get CJ Mosley and you get Le'Veon Bell and you, you know, you go shopping in the free agent aisle and you pick this guy and pick that guy. It's great. It's fun to talk about all, you know, all spring and summer before you put a team together. Just like right now with the Yankees, it's fun to talk about Garrett Cole and Strasburg and who they may go get. But the, the teams that have sustained success build it. I totally understand that. But to me, the Yankees have accomplished that. They've checked that box. They have it built. This group's already shown they can win. So good organizations build it through the draft, through their system, through their young players, and when that core shows that it's ready to win, you supplement that group 
with an important free agent or two, like now going out and spending some money on a Garrett Cole. This team has earned that. You know, you'll hear organizations say that all the time. Before I make a big trade, before I make a big free agent signing, I want my team to show me they've earned that right. Like they're good enough where it makes sense to go get that guy because that might be the missing piece. That might push us over the top. The Yankees have now earned that. They've done that. Think about with this young group of players, how much baseball they still have out in front of them and what they've already shown that they can do. They've earned that. Jets haven't earned that yet. Right? Like the Jets, Jets don't have a team where there's a lot of young, um, you know, long-term franchise talent to build around. I don't know what Quinn and Williams is going to be, but I think I know what Jamal Adams is. I think I know what Marcus May is. I think I absolutely know what Sam Darnold is. Once you get past those three or four guys, there's not a lot else there. The draft hasn't produced anything else, generally speaking, for them. So they haven't earned that yet. They haven't earned a shopping spree on the free agent aisle to supplement the team that should now be able to go win. The Yankees have earned that. They should go, I think, into the free agent aisle and get a big pitcher. Because this group could win with that big pitcher, in my opinion. And maybe Severino will be that this year. Maybe he'll come back and he'll be a dominant number one, top of the rotation, 17, 18, 19 win type starter the way he was a couple of years ago. And maybe he will fill that void. But there's nothing wrong with having two of them. The Astros got three of them. Right? The Nationals win the World Series. They got three of them. So, in my opinion, you get a group of guys that now has shown they can win, and you start to say there might be one or two missing link-type pieces, that's where you go attack free agency. That's where you go spend your money.